Grace and peace be yours from God, the Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Our text for this last Sunday in Advent is the Old Testament prophecy that you heard in the Old Testament reading from Micah, the fifth chapter, these words. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, and they shall dwell secure. This is our text, dear friends, in our Lord Jesus Christ. Little towns often carry big titles. I suppose it's in an effort to give them some clout among the other more populous pockets of the population that would surround them. But consider, for instance, the small town of Cocker, Kansas. The population is about 475. But Cocker, Kansas is proudly the home of the world's largest ball of twine. It's quite a title. Or consider that even off I-69 between Indianapolis and Lansing, Michigan, there's a big, bold billboard that advertises Fairmont, Indiana, home of actor James Dean. That's a big deal for a little town. Or there's Durant, Oklahoma, which boasts home of the world's largest peanut. But I think the one that takes the cake, perhaps, is the small town of Snellman, Minnesota. In fact, one of the places where my father first served as a pastor. The, the population of, of the town at the time was about 12 people. And within the city limits there, city limits, within the city limits there was a bar and there was a Lutheran church. But today on, the, on a big billboard just outside inside the town of Snellman, it reads, Welcome to Snellman, home of Miss Minnesota and first runner-up to Miss America, 1981. It's true. And she was a member of the Lutheran church there. Little towns often carry big titles. What do you suppose the billboard outside of Bethlehem would have read? Because remember, it was little. You, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, are too little even to be named among the clans of Judah. Clans were smaller denominations than tribes. You've heard of the 12 tribes of Israel, where clans were were smaller familial denominations within a particular tribe. Too little. Even to be named among the clans of Judah. What would its billboard read? Remember, though, small as it was, it did have a few reasons for claim to fame. So what would it read? Would it read, Welcome to Bethlehem, home of everybody's favorite Moabitess, Ruth. Remember Ruth, faithful daughter-in-law of Naomi, wife of Boaz that she there met by the threshing floor in Bethlehem. She once called Bethlehem home. Or how about this, Bethlehem soil of the stump of Jesse. Because remember, too, Ruth's grandson, Jesse? Jesse, famed Jesse, also lived in this little town of Bethlehem. But perhaps something a bit simpler works best. Welcome to Bethlehem, city of David. That one works, doesn't it? That one works. Bethlehem's most famous resident ever had indeed been that shepherd boy, from that little town, anointed king of all Israel by the prophet Samuel in that little town, victor over Goliath near that little town of Bethlehem. Israel's most famous king was from that little town of Bethlehem, and so it makes perfect sense 
that the little town of Bethlehem would be called and known by so many, including even the evangelist Luke in his day, known still by us today as the city of David. That's a big deal. That's a big deal for any town to be able to say that from you did come one of of the grade and of the stock and of the fame as King David. That's big. But as big a deal as David was, Bethlehem would yet claim far greater fame. And you know why. So scripture says, But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. Literally, it says, from everlasting days. That's big. That's big. When you think about it, there's nothing bigger. Paris, London, Rome... They've got nothing on little Bethlehem. For from such humble origins as this came one who had no origin, who had no beginning. As Scripture says, whose origin is from of old, from everlasting. It's so big because there's no doubt of whom the prophet Micah foretells. Him who would be born in Bethlehem and yet him who has been since all eternity. And that can be only one individual. The Word made flesh. God made man. God made man in order to dwell among us. Imagine God among the likes of us. That's big. That's big. It's big enough that that he would come to us in his mercy and dwell among us in his mercy, but it's even bigger when we remember what our text says he would do for us in his grace. It says, He shall stand and shepherd his flock. For mankind indeed is a flock that desperately needs shepherding. Of course, naturally, we don't think so. No, we... We don't think we need anyone to direct our days and to direct our ways. We don't want anyone guarding and guiding us. But neither does that sheep. Think about it. Neither neither does that sheep that's so insistent to go its own way. It doesn't want anyone protecting and directing it. It doesn't want anyone guarding it and guiding it. No, it wants to go its own way. By birth and nature, that's how we humans are. But so often, that's our mindset, isn't it? Knowing how our Lord's rod and staff would direct us on various moral or ethical issues and and down various moral and ethical roads, be they big or very small, how often it is, though, that instead we choose to disregard his divine direction and we insist on going our own way. We insist on going where we would go, blazing our own trails. Despite the fact that in his word for our own good, that's why God gives his word of law. It's for our good. Despite it, despite that fact that he's given in his word, he's given his word for our own good so that in it God determines for us, for his sheep, those green pastures in which he'd have us to lie down and take spiritual rest and in which he'd have us feed. Yet, how often is it that, that we follow the temptation to seek out and, and, and obtain for us those things that seem to be greener pastures somewhere else? 
You see, we're a people that badly needs to be shepherded. Even we Christians, we still need that shepherd, don't we? For Think about it. How often collectively do we as a wayward prone flock of sheep, how often do we blat together as sheep do as they speak? How often do we blat together the, the language of the world saying, it's my life. I'll do what I want to do. I'll go where I want to go. This is my life. Despite my God-given Christian identity, we determine this is my life. Collectively, we say it, and then individually, we go and do it. Contrary to the voice of our shepherd. I think the Advent prophet Isaiah, I think he put it better than perhaps any could when he said, all we like sheep have gone astray. Picture it. All we like sheep have gone astray, each and every one of us to his own way. And you can picture it, I know. You can visualize how scattered by nature we are left to ourselves. And perhaps, perhaps you even bear the scars. Maybe the emotionally deep scars to prove where you've been. It's easy to see why we need a shepherd, a good one. That's what we need, a good shepherd, one who's not going to lead us further astray, one who's not going to lead us into barren pastures. It's not going to lead us to wading wolves onto dangerous outcroppings of heterodoxy or heresy and into defenseless places. We need a good shepherd. We need a strong one who can defend the indefensible, one strong in might, one strong in resolve for our perpetual and habitual waywardness, one strong in resolve. We need that kind of shepherd. It's easy as we consider carefully our own lives. It's easy to see it. That's what makes it all the better to hear it, like we did today. That from Bethlehem shall come forth one who will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord. Micah foretold it. More than 400 years before Christ had come, Micah foretold it. And as St. Luke reported, it came to pass. This one of whom he speaks has come. That's what we mark with such reverence and deepest joy in just, what, four days from now. He has come. To the little town of shepherds he came who would stand as the greatest shepherd of all to shepherd his flock. And quite fittingly, I think, quite fittingly to shepherds, abiding with and keeping watch over all those would-be wayward sheep, kind of like us, to shepherds. Came the news, unto you has been born in the city of David a Savior, a Shepherd, Christ the Lord. Did you hear what he said? Unto you. That's big news. It's a big deal, even if you think yourself to be too little. To be named and to be numbered among the thoughts of God. Even if you consider yourself to be too small to be counted among the cares and concerns of God. No matter who you are. No matter how wayward you've been. No matter how insignificant you feel. Even if God hasn't been a big deal to you, know this. Know this, that you are a big deal to God. You are a big deal to God. How big? Well, consider that parable our Lord once told of the, of the lost sheep. A certain shepherd had a hundred sheep. 
One went missing. Now, most shepherds would have cut that rather minimal 1% loss and been content with those that remained. After all, 1% in this day when, when retirement plans and port- portfolios are losing 10 and 15%, 1%, that's not much of a loss to bear. Most shepherds would have simply cut that loss and been satisfied with the 99 they had left. After all, it maybe wasn't even the healthiest sheep anyway. Fact is, he for himself and his own interest, he might have been better off without it. But he loved you too much. And so this shepherd risks his own life and limb. And he sought out that sheep. Today we'll call her Abigail, should we? Though I know this particular sheep goes by other names. In fact, I'm sure that your name is one of them. And he sought out that sheep to save it from all of the eternal dangers it didn't even know. Wolves that were waiting, crevices of sin that not even the sheep knew. He sought what was lost and he found you. And finding you, he doesn't beat you back home with his rod and staff, no, but gently. And tenderly he he descends to raise you up and to place you upon his strong shoulders. His footing, it's firm. He knows the way back home. And what all the wolves can do is growl at you when you're safe up there. This shepherd loved you so much that he then set you safely down so he could deliver himself up give himself up on the cross because that's what it took. No less. And all of him, that's what it took. And because he's true man, he laid down his life. And yet because he's very God, he did take it back up again. So even this very day, he doesn't lie in death. But as Micah foretold, this shepherd, he stands to shepherd his flock in the strength of the risen and ever-living Lord. How big a deal are sheep like us to a shepherd like him? Ask him. Ask him. Because you know what he tells you in his word? He says, I myself bore your sins in my own body on the tree, that you, having died to sins and connected to me through baptism, might live now unto righteousness, for by my stripes you, individually you, are healed. For he says, you were like sheep going astray, but now I have returned you to me, the shepherd and overseer of your souls. You're that big a deal to him. In the mid-1800s, the rector of Trinity Church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, went on a pilgrimage of sorts to what we call the Holy Land. He spent some time there in the Judean hill country of Palestine. And of course, there, as he was there, he visited and beheld Bethlehem, a small town some five miles to the south-southwest of Jerusalem. Brooks there would have seen what John Beck, author of, of a book entitled Land of Milk and Honey, describes. Brooks would have seen... As Beck describes, here at Bethlehem, he writes, the narrow V-shaped valleys of the Judean highlands, they widen 
into open basins filled with rich soils. These fields favor the abundant grain crops that undoubtedly helped shape the village's name because you see Bethlehem is Hebrew for house of bread. He writes, he goes on, on the, on the hillsides above these valleys lie many threshing floors. After the grain harvest, many of the local herdsmen and farmers would enter into contracts and that permitted the shepherds to bring their flocks into the agricultural fields where the, where the flocks would graze. Often they'd watch their flocks by night. And so it is, it's said that Brooks, this, this one in the 1800s visiting this land, it said Brooks was so inspired by the view of Bethlehem from, from the hills of Palestine, especially the view of it at night, that he was compelled to pen these words, words that you know very well and that we'll sing very soon. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. The Christ of whom Brooks would write in this carol, he comes to you. Housed in bread and sacramental bread, housed in bread and wearing wine in the same flesh, and blood that once an infant state, once sanctified and exalted this little town, so often here comes to you to sanctify and to exalt you and to pardon you. Of all of your life's sins, pardon you with finality in the way that only he can. You see, that's your Bethlehem. The sacred supper, that's where we run. The, the, the same word and flesh that once was cradled, and nestled in that little town, today it comes to you, here in this word proclaimed. It comes to rest and to nestle itself in, in the hearts of, of you, his people. For as Luther once wrote, we heard the children sing just not so long ago in their pageant. Ah, dearest Jesus, holy child, make thee a bed, soft, undefiled within my heart, that it may be a quiet chamber kept for thee. In him. Friends, in him the hopes and all the fears of all of your years are met and finished. For as the Old Testament reading concluded, he is your peace. Come with me then in these special days to come. Come with me to that little town of Bethlehem, that city of David, where big things did happen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.